Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Hey, what's up, Celebration? I wanted to come to you guys. Now look, this is a phone video. I know our media team is freaking out. I'm sure the lighting's not right, the audio's not right, but uh, I'm just shooting this here right by Ikea with none other than Pastor Tim Timberlake. He's holding the phone and he's going to be preaching at Arena this Sunday. I'll be out at OP and of course, Pastor Tim will be streamed to our other locations in Jacksonville. But I really felt on my heart, I want to share three things about uh, this season that we're in, in the new year. First of all, make sure that you get grounded in the word and go uh, to the YouVersion app. It's the most popular Bible app in the world, the YouVersion app, and search the whole story reading plan under the plans. Um, that is our plan. We put a lot of time, effort, resource, and energy into our whole story Bible reading plan. And also you'll find great devotions, resources, supplemental material from Dr. Heiser, the Bible Project, prayer, fasting, Shabbat with your family and friends. We put a whole lot of time, energy, and resource into our whole story reading plan. The reason we call it the whole story is because we believe scripture is best engaged as one meta narrative or one whole story. So get grounded in the word. Secondly, make sure that in this season of prayer and fasting, you establish your daily prayer life, your daily Devo life. So with your Bible reading, make sure that you establish your prayer life. Also, Wednesday nights, we have prayer and worship services um, with your family and friends on Friday uh, nights or whenever you gather, establish prayer with your wife, your kids, establish prayer. Find that family rhythm where you and your family can establish prayer in this year 2020. So Bible reading prayer and then also your finances. Make sure that you put God first in your finances. We wanna, we want to start this year off right, we wanna start it off strong, and we wanna start it off in order. And we do that by showing loyalty to Jesus in our tithes and offerings. We show loyalty to him um, in our finances by putting him first in our tithes and offerings. So giving, prayer, Bible reading, these are the foundational practices of really having a powerful year and a powerful year of spiritual growth. It will be your best year ever if it's your best year spiritually. Hey, y'all are gonna have a great weekend. So uh, I'm signing off. I'll see you next Sunday. God bless. Amen. We love the bishop. How many of you love Pastor Stovall? He called me yesterday. He said, hey, man, we need to shoot a video. I said, a video? I said, well, we call some professionals to do that. It's too late. I said, all right, meet me at Ikea. Next time, we'll trust the video team with it. How many of you ready to get in the Word this morning? Oh, come on. We can do better than that. How many of you came prepped, primed, and ready? All right. Come on. Let's scream like the Jaguars are going to be in the Super Bowl this year. All right. You say, that's impossible. I, <laughs> I'm not screaming for that. <laughs> oh, ye of little faith. If you got your Bibles, go with me to 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4, 2 Kings chapter 4. 
I've been wrestling over this passage of scripture and I told my wife I didn't want to preach this and the Holy Spirit punched me and said you will do what I tell you to do boy and so I'm just going to be obedient this morning all right 2 Kings chapter 4 we're going to pick up at verse 32 if you don't got it the team's going to throw it on the screen here it says, when Elijah came into the house, he saw the child laying dead on his bed. So he went in and shut the door behind the two of them and he prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and laid on the child, putting his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And he stretched himself upon him. The flesh of the child became warm. Then he got up again, walked once back and forth in the house, and went up and stretched himself upon him again. The child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. Then he summoned Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite woman. So he called her, and when she came to him, he said, Pick up your son. And she came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your word. We thank you, God, that we can come and worship you in freedom and in liberty and in joy. And so, God, we ask today that you would speak to us. We ask, God, that we would be changed by your word. In Jesus' name, we pray. All those that agree, say amen. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject of stretched. Everyone say stretched. Come on, let's say it like we really mean it, stretched. How many of you like to stretch? Just like to stretch for no reason. Ain't going nowhere, ain't running, ain't doing no activity. Just wake up in the morning to stretch. I can't stand stretching. It's painful. I, my body don't work like it used to. I, um, I used to be able to get up and just play basketball. Now I got to play basketball after about 45 minutes of stretching. By the time I get finished stretching, I'm just as tired as I am if I had played basketball. So I just go ahead and unlace my shoes and go back home after I stretch. I'm sweating. I'm like, why am I sweating? I am stretching. But we're going to talk about stretch today. Uh, I mean, if we're to be honest, uh, you can find out a whole lot about a person by uh, what they order when you go out to eat. Come on. You can find out if you're with somebody that's uh, who you consider yourself to be hangable. You can hang with them for a while. Or, uh, you know, if you go out with the person on their time of fasting, you, you know, you're like, okay, this person is very interesting. They just ordered some almonds, some water, uh, and some salt and pepper for some reason. But, like right now, I'm not the best person to go out with because I've been on a water fast. I've been been fasting, and I've been on this thing where every January comes around, it just it drives Jen crazy. I'll put on the Food Network because I like to envision <laughs> what I am going to eat after I come off the fast. I mean, I, I am a student of the cooking channel. I got my notebook out. I'm taking out recipes. I, I mean, it, it, is, it is like Bible study for me. I mean, I am just, I am digging deep into the Food Network and the Cooking Channel because I'm making preparations for what I'm going to consume after I make this sacrifice. Can I get a good amen on that? Woo. 
But you can also tell a lot about a person by their online orders. You know, uh, people say you can tell a lot by people's kids and you can tell a lot about a person by their spouse. I say you can tell a lot by what people order off Amazon. You look at somebody's Amazon history, you can tell a whole lot about a person. How many ever ordered something and when you got it, it came differently than what you thought it would? Oh man, you order like something off Amazon and there's some clothes and you order a large and it show up as a medium and you're like, what size is this? This don't even fit me. This ain't what I paid for. This ain't what I, and so so you, you send it back. Me and Jen was in a furniture store. We're looking at a couch. And, you know, in this season, we like to do some window shopping. We've been looking at this couch for the last two years. And so finally, we went into the store, stopped looking like weird people. And we started talking to the person. And he said, yes, if you order this couch and it shows up differently than how you ordered it, you can refuse it. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. I never, never thought about refusing something that I order. He said, yeah, if, if it comes too small or if it comes too big or if it does not fit your, your room the way that you want it to, you can refuse what we deliver. I was like, wow, that's pretty amazing. So, so you mean to tell me you'll deliver it, but based upon how it fits my life, I can refuse it. He said, yeah. I said, hey, I think we better get this couch. <laughs> this Shunammite woman, she, she has a son that's been delivered by God. See, let me give it some, some context. The prophet Elijah has been coming to this couple's house off and on for years, so much so that they build a room onto their house to accommodate this prophet. How many you know the pastor got to come by your house a whole lot for you to build on a whole nother room at the top of your house? For the, can you imagine? I'm coming by your house so much. You say, hey, you know, matter of fact, PT, hey, we just go build you on a room. You, you have overstayed your welcome in our house, we go build you a whole nother section to accommodate your travels. If, if, if I'm that pastor, it needs to dawn on me, maybe I stop by too frequently without making a deposit here. So this is what Elijah does. Elijah tells his servant, ask them what it is that they need. Ask them what it is that they have need of. Ask them what it is that they want. And so he goes to the Shunammite woman and her husband and he asks them and they don't say anything. And then he says something intriguing and interesting to me. I took notice and noticed they did not have a son. And so the prophet Elijah tells them, he says, listen, by this time next year, you will be holding your son. And so the following year, the same time, God delivers to them a son. 
fast forward now, some years later, the son is in the field working with his father and it says that the son complained that his head hurt and he passed out and he died and the father takes the son back to the boy, dead, and the mother takes this dead boy up to the prophet's room and lays him on the prophet's bed. Something that she had hoped for is now dead. Something that she was anticipating and expecting is now dead. Something that she had believed God for that he would deliver did not come the way that she had ordered it. So she did what every good mother would do. She refused it. She refused what had been delivered. Because if what God delivers shows up differently than what he promised, you can refuse it. One of the things that I've learned in, in my faith journey is God does not always live up to our expectations, but he always lives up to his word. And he said, my word shall not return to me void which means that if what he has spoken looks differently than what I'm seeing, then I can refuse what I see until what he said manifests. Oh, I wonder if, I, if I'm talking to anybody this morning that may be looking at something differently than what God said, and you know what God is saying to you, so you got to refuse what you see. It says she refused it. There was no phone system, there was no walkie-talkie, there was no GPS, but somehow, some way, she found the prophet where he was. Oh, you mess with a mama. Oh, she'll find you. <laughs> she found this prophet and it says that she went and told the prophet, come with me. It says the prophet was busy, so he told her here, Take this rod. She said, a rod didn't promise me a son. You did. You need to come with me. Now, this is the TMV version here. Tim's message version. But prophet got his stuff and he followed that mother. It says that when he got in the house, he saw the boy laying dead on his bed, and he closed the door. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor he closed the door. When God has a serious interest in you, he closes the door. There are some things that you've been crying about in 2019 coming into 2020 that you thought was supposed to be an open door and God closed the door because he is still developing what's on the other side of the door so that when you get a hold of it, you can retain it. Listen to me, you're not blessed by what you receive, you're blessed by what you retain. And so God is preparing something for you. You thought God was busy ignoring you. No, he's been busy preparing something for you. You thought God had forgotten about you. No, God is preparing something for you. And so when he has an interest in something and someone, he closes the door 
so that you don't get distracted by outside voices. Then what seems like some craziness begins to happen. It says that the prophet went over to the bed. He gets on top of this dead boy. He puts his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. First time I read this, I said, God, that's nasty. I'm not, listen, I am, I'm full of faith. I believe, God, you can do all things. I am not getting in the casket for no, I didn't get in the casket for my daddy. I want him to come back. I'm not putting my mouth on that corpse. Those lips are purple, Jesus. I'm not doing that. This is crazy. Why would he do that? Why? What in the world would he do that for? By this time, I'm pretty sure this boy is different colors. He's smelling. Rigor mortis is kicking in. And I'm just asking God, why? Why in the world would he do this? And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down as point number one before we get into the meat of some stuff, the seed of a miracle is often planted in the soil of adversity. The seed of any miracle is often planted in the soil of adversity. We oftentimes pray and ask God to see miracles, to be a part of miracles. God, perform a miracle in our life, but we don't want to go through the adversity to get the miracle that we need. See, if it's not a dire situation, if it's, if it's something that you can handle in your own power, then it doesn't take God's power. If it's something that you can handle in the natural, then it doesn't take the supernatural. If it's something that you can do without coming to the end of yourself, then it doesn't take Jesus stepping in. But Jesus only wants to do things in your life that he can get the credit for. So if you can get credit for it, by all means, take credit for it. But when you come to the end of your rope and you know that you can't perform another thing for yourself and you can't wake yourself up in the morning and you can't even lay yourself down to sleep with peace at night and you need Jesus to step in, that's when he steps in and says, now that you've moved out of the way, I can step in the way so that I can be who you need me to be in your life. See, the prophet Elijah has a sneaky suspicion that it's going to take me doing something unfamiliar and strange to see something that I've never seen before. So he puts his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. I asked God, what? what, what like, why? And he said, you asking the wrong question. It's not why, it's how. It's not why, it's how. So he said, look at it. It's how he did these things. He put his mouth on the dead boy's mouth. And this is what I believe in this year, 2020. 
If you're going to see some things return back to life again, you got to start putting your mouth on the right thing. And you got to start pointing your words in the right direction. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. There's power in your mouth if you release it. Oh, I need you to hear me this morning. I said there's power in your mouth if you release it. You hold the master key to every door that stands in front of you. You want your marriage to be better. I dare you to start speaking the word over it. You want your kids to act better. I dare you to start speaking the word over it. You want your body to line up with what God has promised you. You got to speak the word over it. He put his mouth on this dead boy's mouth because he understood that there's power in my mouth. God has given me a word and I can declare and decree that word over this dead body. And I believe that what I say can come to pass because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Is there anybody in here that believes that you have the all-sufficient one at work on the inside of you and there's some power that's at work on the inside of you that you can release through your words? Oh, come on, I dare to stir up the gift of God that's only inside of you and release a hallelujah this morning. mouth this boy's mouth he didn't just stop there it says that he put his eyes on his eyes and I said well God what 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 is it that you want us to do this year 2020 and this is what I believe he wants us to say number one you got to release the word when we put our mouth on something we have to release the word you're going to see things differently. You have to say things differently. He put his eyes on his eyes. I believe he put his eyes on his eyes because he was trying to see something differently than what he saw. If your eyes are always fixed on the problem that's in front of you, it will always be a distraction from the promise that's inside of you. I'll say it again, if your eyes are always fixed on the problem that's in front of you, it will distract you from the promise that's at work on the inside of you. How many of you got a promise from God this morning that you're holding on to, that you are squeezing firmly to, that you are believing God for? This is what I believe. I believe that your expression should be an example of what you are believing for. And so when you are anticipating victory, you begin to act like you already got victory. I can't say I have victory and act like I'm defeated. Are you following me this morning? Because whatever I'm expecting, there should be an expression of expectation. Point in case, some of you hungry this morning and your body is expressing hunger through sound because it is expecting to eat. Even your body knows when we expect, we make noise. So listen, I don't know who is expecting in here, but if you're expecting God to do something that you can't see, if you're expecting God to do something you don't know, if you're expecting God to perform a miracle that you can't perform, why don't you give God about 20 seconds a real good praise? 
Come on, release a hallelujah in this place. See, when you see things, it should excite what you do because you see differently. You ever get something in your eye and you get it out, you're a little bit happier than you was when your vision was blurry because you see clearer. See, we, we listen in and we tune in to the word of God because it shifts our vision and it helps our focus. And so when God says something and God releases something, God says, my word can't return to me void. Which means that if God is big enough to say it, I'm crazy enough to believe it. And so I don't know how big your promise is. I know some of the things I'm believing God for. And I can't remain silent when I think about what God has already spoken. And when I think of the goodness of Jesus and some of what he's done for me, I can't help to shout hallelujah. Thank God for saying, is there anybody here grateful that God stepped out of eternity and in the time and poured you out of the muck and the mire and saved you with his grace and his mercy? The prophet puts his eyes on his eyes because he has to see what he can't see. And in this year of 2020, if you are focused on what you see, you'll miss what God has, is trying to show you. So you know the number one cause that keeps us stuck when we go into a new year is familiarity. We got the same family. We got the same car. We got the same clothes. And so although we come into a new year, we still look at some of the same things. And the enemy would have you believe that this year is going to be just like last year. But I'm telling you, this is not just a new year. Listen to me, this is not just a different year. This is not just only a significant year. This is a year of great significance. Are you listening to me? Not just any type of significance, a great significant year. And not only is it a great significant year, it's a leap year. Which means that God is adding on time to do a little bit more than what he's done in years time. If you're expecting God to do something in this leap year, why don't you leap up on your feet and thank him before you see anything change, before you feel anything change, before it changes around, you say, God, I'm believing by faith that this year is going to be my best year yet. If you believe that, holler at your boy. All right, let's try to get through this thing. Let's try to get through it. Let's try to get through it. His eyes is on his eyes. He's seeing what he can't see. He's, he's seeing beyond what he sees so that he could see what God showed him. And this is what I believe in this year, 2020, in order for you to walk into this season of newness, you have to see the season of newness before you walk into it. If you think this year will be just like every other, this year will be just like any other. 
But if you think that this year is going to be drastically different, then you have to start visualizing what it is that God desires to do in and through you differently than he's done in years past. So he puts his eyes on his eyes. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But it is written, eyes has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. How many of you believe that God is preparing something for you? So number three, we have to see clearly, see clearly. And then it says, he put his hands on his hands. And if you know anything about the word of God, you understand that hands represents work. Hands represents work and his hands on his hands. Psalm chapter 90, verse 17 says, and let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, the work of our hands established our way. And this year, 2020, listen to me. You gotta work on it. Oh, I say you gotta work on it. There's been some things that you thought were dead that God has calling you to pull back up and work on it again. There's some things that you thought would never happen and never manifest for you, and God is saying, try it again. You gotta put your hands on it again. You gotta try it again. It is not dead. God is gonna resurrect it back to life. If you have the faith enough to believe that God can do a great thing and you are willing to put in the work to work on it, God says, I'm able to do it. How many of you believe he's able? Look at what happens next in the scripture. It says that after the prophet did these things, it says that the boy got warm. It says he got warm. It doesn't say the boy got up. It doesn't say the boy stood up. It doesn't say the boy opened his eyes. It just says that the boy got warm. Warm, And there's some things that you have tried in times past that God is calling you to try again. There's some things that did not work out the way that you thought they were going to work out and God is calling you to try it again. There's some things that didn't go the way that you expected and anticipated and God is saying to you, try it again. It says the prophet got up and he walked once across the room and right back. And it reminded me of this game that we used to play. See, growing up, we didn't have a lot of video games and our parents would tell us, get outside, go play. It's hot. Go get some water from that water hose. And so, you know, you start getting creative. You just start making up games. Get that water hose, put it in that mud, make you a mud pie. Frisbee. Get you a stick and some rocks. Barry Bonds. But it's a game that we used to play. Well, one of my siblings used to hide something. And I used to have to guess where they hid it. And they would tell me, based upon my proximity, you're getting hot. And I go a little further the opposite way and say, you're cooling down. 
I said, what about now? You warming up. What about now? You getting warmer. What about now? You real hot. I came to announce to you this morning that some of you have been in the wrong section in the wrong place for too long and now you are in proximity of your breakthrough and your blessing and you're getting warmer and you're getting hotter. If you can just release a good hallelujah and if you can release a good amen, if you can release a good thank you Jesus, guess what God says? I can perform a great and mighty miracle in your life. Is there anybody a true and living Savior. It says, and he stretched again. Bump your neighbor, tell your neighbor, we got to stretch again. It didn't work on the first stretch, but it's going to work this time. It didn't work the first time, but it's going to work this time. It, it didn't break through on the first stretch, but it's going to break through this time. See, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I believe I'm talking to somebody that's crazy enough to believe it's going to happen this time. It says he stretched out on the boy. A second time. And it said the boy sneezed seven times. I don't know about you, but where I'm from, when somebody sneezes, you say what? I came to announce to you today that God is about to bless you better than he's ever blessed you before. I came to announce to you today, you're stepping out of the old and you're stepping into the new. This is your season of blessing. If you believe it, throw those hands up and open up your mouth. Come on, why don't you give God your best praise? this room stretch your hands towards heaven come on it might not have happened on the first stretch but I'm a firm believer that God can do more in your second stretch than you ever thought was possible see in your first 20 it may not have happened but in your 2020 I believe that God is about to usher you into a new season of breakthroughs miracles God is so good. And so I just want to pray for those this morning that's been staring at a dead thing in the face. You've been wondering and praying and asking God, God, when will this thing rise again? When will my business bounce back? When will my marriage stop putting me through so much pain? When will my kids return to you? And I'm telling you, this is your day that God brings back that thing that you thought was dead. So if you would like us to agree with you in prayer, I just encourage you right now, get out of your seats. Come on, meet me at the altar. 
Come on, from wherever you are in this arena, come on, flood this altar right now. Come on, when you come, stretch those hands towards heaven. Thank you, Lord. You know, in baseball, when you're on third base and you're rounding third base, they say you're on your home stretch. And I came to tell you today, you have rounded third base and you are on your home stretch. This stretch right here is going to break you through some things that you have been praying and believing for. This stretch right here is going to push you beyond the season that you've been stuck in. This stretch right here is going to propel you forward in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout stretch. Heavenly Father, we set ourselves in agreement with your sons and your daughters that are here that are believing that what was once dead can be raised to new life. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that is at work on the inside of us. And so, Father, we are stretching our faith right now to believe that whatever you have spoken over and in us will and shall come to pass. We believe, therefore we act like it. I said we believe, therefore we act like it. We believe, therefore we act like it. God, we are anticipating. God, we are expecting. God, we believe. And so our praise will reflect what we're believing. In the name of Jesus, we pray. So we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor in the name of Jesus. Come on, let everyone under the sound of my voice, whether you're watching online, whether you're watching in Nashville, whether you're watching at JC, whether you're in the Serena, let the redeemed of the Lord shout so. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.